Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Wonder Podcast. I'm your host, Maya Volgetta, and I'm going to be talking about a little bit of everything. So this podcast is about adventures that I have, things that I come across, people that I meet, and just life in general. So I'm going to talk a little bit about something weird that happened to me. Well, first, I should probably give a little bit of an introduction because this is one of the first official episodes. Well, I'll do that. My name is Maya Jetta, and I'm a filmmaker and the owner of the company Hypotheus Picture House. We're a film production company that does very untraditional filmmaking, where we make a film, but then we create events and other things based off of the film in order to promote uh, different social justice movements and make different differences in the world. Um, So a couple of things about me is that I like cats. I like to read. I was homeschooled K through 12. And I am a big fan of the band BTS. I find them very inspiring. I do all kinds of different films from animation to documentary to narrative. I love writing screenplays. And I did it once. I did a class that was really fun on screenplays back in 2012 I think that was my first screenplay class maybe it was 2011 actually I think it might have been and it was at a class at a library and a professional screenwriter had come in and he had us all write learn the program at the time I think it was called script.com s-c-r-i-p-p-e-d it was too bad though because that website um, a couple years later, it had it did this thing where they shut down and they didn't save anybody's scripts. So basically, everybody who had scripts on there got wiped out, which was really sad because I had like a thirty page, I was thirty pages into one of my features at the time, so that was tough. But going back to the workshop, um, this was one of the early influencers for my filmmaking because I wrote I wrote it was like a futuristic uh, screenplay set in the you know about what if the store Macy's took over most of the country and they became like the dominant force of, you know, commerce and, you know, finances, but not only finances, but like government. Yeah, it was just like a concept, um, conceptual thing. So it was interesting because at the end, part of the program was that we read our screenplays out loud for an audience and we perform it, which was extremely exciting. So I dressed up my friend and my sister and myself and of course I played the main character and it was really amazing and funny uh but that was one of my early experiences then I took classes at the Jacob Burns Film Center which is a crazy place in New York not New York City but like New York State and it's basically like a high-tech media lab with all sorts of different technology uh it's like a big play place but for filmmakers it has a sound stage, green screen, state-of-the-art equipment, tools. So I went to film school there between 2012 and 2017. Um, and that, that was five years. So that was when I was ages 12 to 17, pretty much, or 13 to 17, because um, that was my high school. And right now I'm 24 years old. And basically, yeah, it was very... It was a really interesting experience those five years. And then I became an educator um, a little bit later there. And that was really exciting. Um, I did like, you know, summer camp, film school with that. Met lots of really funny, interesting kids and cool adults. 
And a lot of adventures, which I'll have to recount on here. I think this is a great spot to recount those stories because I have a lot of them. But yeah, back to I was um, I was homeschooled K through 12. So in spite of going to film school, I was also my regular schooling was done around the house, but also more like world schooled, I like to call it because it was like the world was my home. So I got to do like a lot of different um, field trips, educations. I had a homeschool group that we would basically, it was a very big group and we would see the same people and kids and parents over the years. And that was really exciting. Um, so yeah, it was, it's been a really interesting lifestyle and experience that I'm excited to just share on this podcast. I feel like it will give me a platform to recount the experiences and what's different and what's the same. And yeah, so another early influencer um, for my filmmaking was the book Filmmaking for Dummies, you know, the Four Dummies series. But this book was written by Brian Michael Stoller, who's an absolutely amazing person. And this book is absolutely not for dummies. It's one of the smartest books I've ever read. So the title is misleading. Um, but it's basically a book that tells you every technical aspect about filmmaking so that when you're done reading it, you will talk the language and you'll be able to talk with pretty much any professional out there. And it just had great from screenplay writing to video editing. I just drank the whole book up when I was 11 and I loved it. It was one of the first books that I got from the adult section in the library in New Jersey where my grandparents used to live. I remember that epic moment. It was sticking out. And it was kind of like destiny because like I went there, my hand went there. And that's where I realized I wanted to become a filmmaker because I had all these different interests and I still do. I consider myself a polymath, um, which means that's a fancy word for saying, you know, you love a lot of different, you love to do a lot of different things. Um, so I do. I don't see the blurred lines between a lot of things. I'm the type of person that I see the connections between like math and science and art. I don't see them as like such hard lines. Uh, but really, yeah, it was just a wonderful experience to just take that book out when I was a kid and realize I could be like an astronaut. If I have a green screen, I could do all these amazing things. I also realized that I was kind of uh, prone to like the concept of claustrophobia. I don't really know if I'm actually claustrophobic. I don't think, I don't know. Anyway, it was, um, yeah, I... I realized I was a little scared to go to outer space because I wanted to be an astronaut for the longest time. But when I was 11, I was kind of shocked when I I got this Barbie, you could be anything you want to be doll. And it had like a, a DVD that I put in and then it showed like a person who had to go on this rotating gyrographic orb thing where it spun you upside down really fast. And I was just because I, I was pretty bad on amusement park, right? It's like I would do the same kitty rides for years over and over again and uh, I saw that about going upside down and I just did not deal with it um, by the way this is a nice segue to the story of how I once stopped a ride and I actually wrote a whole screenplay about it when I was 13 I was I guess I was going through stuff and I was like well this was actually a particularly scary ride and it was at Rye Playland I don't know if you've been there before but it was a ride that was like a log flume and I got really scared. And I'll, I'll expand on that another time. But basically, I freaked out and I told them to stop the ride. Otherwise, I was ready to climb out because I couldn't go down the steep slope another time, a second time. Um, so they stopped the ride, but then they couldn't get it to start again, which was pretty epic. 
and the people on the ride were really angry with me. They had to perform emergency uh, rescue mission to rescue the people at the top because they couldn't get to start again. It was really bad. <laughs> um, I was like miserable about that and it was very embarrassing. But um, I did write a screenplay about it a, like I think a year later, half a year later. I did it in my screenwriting class at Jacob Burns. And it, it, it was, I really appreciate that short screenplay. I have to admit it's near and dear to my heart. Um, but anyway, other filmmaking experiences I've had, I've had a lot of them. One of them was, well, this isn't the filmmaking experience, but it's worth mentioning real quick since in the description, I say that, um, it's important that I'm gluten intolerant. It is an important plot factor in my story of, of my life, I guess. But there's this, what's it called again? There's, oh yeah, there was this workshop and I'll go into the details some other time, but there was this gluten-free workshop at the Culinary Institute of America that I was invited to attend. <laughs> really fancy. And it was very funny because I had, I had interviewed this chef on the kids show when I was 11. I was a co-host of an actual radio show, an FM, FM radio show. Um, it was called the Children's Media Project that I worked with, and this show was called Radio Uprising. It was it was amazing. Uh, you got full you know, full access to you know your show and what you want to write your skits. It was so cool. My introduction to filmmaking before Jacob Burns, and um, it was just really funny because I guess what was I talking about? Oh yeah, I guess yeah. Once I interviewed the chef, I was like, I want to interview the gluten free chef. I also interviewed the mayor, which was sick. You know, I was 11 and I was like pretty cool <laughs> and uh, the leader of the group at the time he was more nervous than I was to interview the mayor but I was just like yay uh, it was super funny uh, but no it was fun I have like memories of like there was this crazy epic costume contest and Halloween party we had there And uh, but the point is going back to chef, the chef that I had on the show um, basically he invited me after I interviewed him live on the air he was like hey would you like to uh after that he was like would you like to come to a gluten-free workshop i was like hell yeah i mean i didn't say hell yeah because i was a kid probably heck yeah um but so i was like cool so i went to this really ultra fancy workshop on how to bake gluten-free and it was an amazing experience uh and i was like of course the only kid there everybody else was at least 30 years old and my hat i got a hat and a apron my it was so kind of him when i think back about it I mean, my hat was way too big for my head. I still have the hat and apron. Uh, I know where the apron is and the hat. I know it's preserved somewhere, I think, in storage. Um, but it was really epic and sick. And I had a great time and I have images from it still. Um, I was considered the special guest. And I remember the food tasted as some of the best food I ever had. And uh, so that was really cool. But yeah, going back to other experiences... My life has been really interesting because I've met a lot of different types of people. I've chatted with a lot of types of people. I've seen a lot of different types of lifestyles. And because of that, I feel like it has enriched my storytelling and filmmaking abilities so much because I feel like I've seen, you know, I know how both ends of the stick live as in like I know how you know, those who have financial challenges, I've seen how they've lived. I've seen how the some of the wealthiest people have lived. And, you know, when you go through both those, you start looking past the divisions that sometimes the rest of the world 
tends to sometimes set up and you're like, hey, this is a smoke screen. And it's just interesting. It's a great way to realize certain truths that a lot of society, I guess, doesn't see sometimes because they haven't been in certain places and seen certain types of things like that. So I'm just, you know, it's just a really important, important thing to, you know, I read this quote somewhere too, which is really important. I forgot who said it, but it was like, I was raised to, it was maybe one of those general uh, Instagram quotes, but it was like, I was raised to treat the janitor the same, with the same respect as the CEO. And that's like, that's my whole philosophy. I really, really believe that that's obviously so important. And, you know, it's just, it's a very big learning experience. Um, in my life, I think there's just been a lot of learning, growing, a lot of funny moments. There's one moment that I really feel is important to share on here. And it's, um, well, a couple of funny moments. First of all, well, when I say, when I say it's funny, it becomes less funny, doesn't it? I don't know. Okay, so today, no, it becomes awkward. That's what it becomes. Okay, two things. One thing was that I got, um, I get sometimes baby food because I'm allergic to a lot of foods and baby food provides like a good snack, like, and it's gluten-free and doesn't have like potato starch or whatever. Yeah, I have eight other allergies. Don't judge me. And so I got it. I got, I get the baby food and it's fun. And once I was feeling under the weather and I had my Zoom camera on in like a screenwriting workshop and it was so bad because I was like licking looking things out of my baby food jar in front of people i completely forgot i had my zoom camera it was so bad but anyway that was one thing that happened about a month ago but then recently um last night the weirdest thing happened to me okay so i was drawn to this frog figurine in an art store yesterday i bought it i, I saw it a week ago and i was like i forgot my wallet at home <laughs> so i couldn't buy it then but i hid it in the art store so when i came back a week later or several days later I would be able to find it so other people wouldn't have gotten it. So it's a weird looking frog. It's like pink and has black spots and some of the ink is rubbed off. And it looks evil, but it's not. It looks like fun and cute at the same time and weird. So I thought it was hilarious and I bought it. And uh, I explained to the person behind the desk, I told her what I did. And she's like, wow. She's like, enjoy your frog. And I was like, I will. And so I brought it home and I named it Romeo. It's really cute because it just looks like a Romeo. I don't have any other specification. It just, I guess it told me its name. I said, sure. And so what happened was I brought it with me and last night, the weirdest thing happened. Okay, I'm not a person that sleepwalks, right? But hell, this is, so I wake up. I wake up, you know, in my country home, in the country, you know, wake up. And I look to my left on my desk that's on the left of my bed. And the frog is wrapped in, in aluminum foil, peeking out. I, I look. I don't even know like how to narrate around that. Like, it's just it. I don't get like. I never sleepwalk. It was wrapped in aluminum foil. Like, do you think the frog has evil spirits in it or something? Like, I don't know. But whatever was going on, it freaks me the hell out, and I just. I have no idea, honestly, like, what that what that was about. But anyway, uh, let's talk about my baking this week. So in terms of baking, I decided I thought of a kind of 
I guess, protein bar I can create for myself without making myself allergic to anything and wouldn't taste that bad. So I bought from the local supermarket, it's like a small town supermarket, I bought a nice bag of white rice flour, Bob's Red Mill. Sad to hear about Bob. This week, Bob died, which was really sad. He was actually friends with the chef that invited me to the Culinary uh, Institute workshop. So double sad. Anyway, so I bought the, the flour by his brand, Bob's Red Mill. And then I got um, chickpea flour because it's pretty high in protein, inexpensive, and doesn't have things in it that could potentially throw my stomach off. So that was really good. And I have sugar. I got some fake butter since I can't really have dairy right now. I got like uh, soy-based, plant-based butter. It was pretty good. Um, I forgot the exact name, eco something or another. And then I got um, eggs. So I'm going to be able to make something tasty with all of that. So I'm excited. Uh, tomorrow I go into New York City, which is going to be fun. I'm going to look at art. Very exciting. I've been going to a lot of different art shows, galleries. It's really important to enrich yourself in that way. I'm looking to carve out more of a life in New York City, which is going to be really fun. Um, right now I have a very nice inspiration board next to my, next to my bed. It's like, has images of some of my favorite people like Mr. Rogers. Then there's a sign that says, follow your bliss and the universe will open doors for you where there were only walls. Then I have the picture of Jacob Collier, the musician who's really cool. And of course, BTS. And then I have Martin Luther King and some of my friends. And yeah, it's just a, it's a nice reminder. It keeps me on track. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of my lifestyle, yeah, I know a lot of different types of people from a lot of different backgrounds and places. And it's quite, quite an exciting thing because I get to learn a lot that way. And I'm, I'm very happy with that because then I don't have to think, you know, I don't have to get clicked into a specific state of mind too, which is really wonderful. Like I could hear a lot of different perspectives instead of just sticking with one group of people or in terms of like one type of friend, you know, from one type of area or a thing or this. It's really a great way to open your mind up, I've realized. So yeah, this past year, I'd say for me, has been a big year of growth. Very big, actually the past five years. In some ways, I will admit um, the past five years in certain ways has felt like there was like a bit of a break from what I consider to be my official life kind of life, um, which I'll go into more about that and why I feel that way. But basically, you know, that's something that I've, uh, you know, but there's there's something that I've been learning, which is, you know, I'm, I'm it's not so much about me. I mean, it is, but it's about helping whatever the, the energy of creation is a really interesting thing. The trees, the crickets, the birds, the animals. And these days I try to let go of my own personal preferences a lot more in terms of, you know, letting go of things I can't control and being like, how could I help this energy of creation move forward today? What can I do? What is it calling me to do? What is going to give me joy today? How do I listen to that joy? So it's, I have a very different perspective these days than I think most people probably or a lot of people have or a lot of society wants people to have or the way I've had it for the past 10 years. But yeah, let me give you a little more background on me. So I have, um, I grew up with very loving grandparents, very loving. 
Uh, my mom raised me on her own because my dad had left uh, when I was really little. And my grandparents helped raise me. My grandfather was like my father, um, Grandpa Hugo Bolgetta, amazing guy. And a lot of epic stories there that I'm going to be sharing as time goes on. But really cool. Um, so that was a wonderful childhood. Very creative. As I say, again, homeschooled, world school. So my grandparents were also my teachers, but I had a lot of other teachers too. I did figure skating when I was a kid. Um, very untraditional kind of lifestyle in certain ways, which is really wonderful. And um, I went to school uh, for college. I went for some a couple for a little while. I went to uh, Rockland Community College. Then I transferred to RISD, and I also took classes, official classes at Brown University. Uh, so the Rhode Island School of Design, and I am in love with Providence, Rhode Island. I love it. I miss it with all my heart. I'm excited to go back. I also spent many years working on a debut feature film, uh, No Budget, and that'll be really interesting to, to uh, discuss on here, the process of that. It was very unusual. I'm also going to be discussing at some point things like the pandemic. And what I did to keep my mind focused during that time, I did things like looked at memes a lot. I kept my humor intact. I made sure I mentally surrounded myself with people who inspired me to be my best self, uh, even if it, even if it's just, you know, different celebrities that I admired. And, you know, basically I peopled myself that way partially, which was really helpful. I make sure I made I made sure to make myself laugh. I created artificial experiences for myself so it felt like replications of what I used to do in like movie theaters or whatever. So it was interesting simulating life in the small space of a house. And I think some of that habit sometimes is a little bit left over for me. So I need to work through that sometimes too. I think I think there's a leftover effect of the pandemic for a lot of us in the world. But Right now, what I'm doing in my life is I have a lot of films on the way and together. I'm teaching myself a lot of really cool software and a lot of really cool just new skills. And I'm learning, practicing my craft, spending my hours by myself with my family, you know, seeing my friends. And I actually really got into Pokemon Unite for the past four months, I have to say hell of a fun game. It made me really want to get a Switch. I've been getting into, I've been on Lemonade as well, the app. It has a lot of really cute and cozy and inspiring things. It makes me think about what do I want my life to look like in, you know, in the future. Really exciting. But it has a, um, a cozy gaming section that was fun. So it makes me really want to buy a Nintendo Switch. And I could just imagine how much fun that will be on my big screen TV that my uncle gave me. Oh my God, that's so much fun. By the way, Roku is a great deal. Anyway, um, yeah. So Pokemon Unite is so fun. I'm at a really high level now. I need to get a little bit higher before the season ends. It's ending in only like 10 days, I think. But it's been fun. I've been playing with different people, friends, and it was interesting. Sometimes you can hear people talking over it because there's this option where you can talk to the random players. Um, but I'm at level ultra two right now which is pretty good. I'm trying to get to master. Um, but yeah, it's just, I want to find more games that I find really fun. I want to install Sims 
Sims seems like a lot of fun, but it costs so much gigabytes on the computer. So many gigabytes. Uh, just like Unreal Engine, I really want to install Unreal Engine on my computer. But it doesn't have the gigabyte space right now, and it's jam-packed with like Adobe software and things like that. And I've been getting really into, yeah, Canva and experimenting with things like that. All right. So I think that's just about it for this episode. So this was Friday, February 16th, 2024. Yep. And I hope that you're having a great week, a great day. Stay focused. You're doing amazingly. And yeah, I'm excited to release another episode. I'm hoping this might be like a weekly thing, but I'm not sure. But there's a lot more content on its way, a lot more adventures, a lot more weird things. I still can't believe that happened last night with the frog and the aluminum foil. A little disturbing. Anyway, uh, have a good one. Howdy. Hey. Ciao. Arrivederci. Yes, I do know Italian. Another really interesting thing about Maya that you probably didn't know. And if you did, you probably know me already. Anyway, have a good day. And uh, good luck on whatever thing you're working on today. And make sure you don't get bitten by any mosquitoes. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,